Hi guys, great to be with you this morning. Well, if you were coming into the meeting uh, fairly promptly or even before time, uh, you will have seen and heard the reaction to what I'm wearing today. Uh, it's a jacket and a shirt and a tie. And there was, as I expected there would be, an instant reaction to all of that. And um, I just want to say that the reaction was like this. Oh, look at you. This is not normal. You're not normally like this. Ooh, what's got into you? Oh, look, there's a tie. Oh, wow. Who do you think you are? Uh, the Archbishop? Uh. And so here I am, not dressed and in my usual jumper and so in the COVID series of, uh, of Sundays, but smarter looking, I hope, I trust. But of course, the reaction was that this was not real. This is not normal. This is, this is not acceptable in some way or another. You know, of course, it was all humorous and it was all fun and uh, we all enjoyed it. But it did point to this issue that I'm going to be raising today, and that is, how do we respond to people as they change? How do you respond to your fellow Christians as they change? Because as you become a Christian, you become someone who is new, made again, restored to a new relationship with God, and you are a person who is filled with the Spirit, and that means change. That means your life begins to change, to be more like Jesus day by day, we trust throughout the whole of our lives. And that change goes on throughout the whole of our lives. But our problems can sometimes be that other people look at us and don't recognize that change. They think of us as we used to be. They think of us as they got used to us being. And that we can shorthand that to we get labeled. Have you ever been labelled? And of course, what happens with a label is that people's ability to see who we really are and who we're changing more and more to be like is diminished because of the label. They can't accept uh, that we're different. They still think of us as we were. They still think of us in a box. They constrain us to those boxes. And we're not free to be our new selves as much as we would like to be. And, of course, we do that to others ourselves, don't we? We look at others with those same sorts of eyes. That This person is this sort of person. They're always like this. You know, during lockdown, uh, Jackie and I have been plowing through a lot of light-hearted detective stuff. And, um, you know, things... Uh, things uh, that are on the television that involve detectives and so on are full of labels. You know, that the, a person who's been a criminal is always a criminal. A person who's been a fraud will always be a suspect in a fraud case and so on. Labels, labels. Do we label people? Well, Jesus suffered 
something of this himself. And uh, we're going to look at that now. It's Mark chapter 6. Now, just it's a short passage. I'll read it. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honour, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marvelled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. You know, Jesus came from his uh, trips around the area, around Capernaum, uh, which we've been looking at already in previous weeks. And here he comes to uh, his hometown, to Nazareth. He's moved uh, about 20 miles from his base in Capernaum back maybe to visit his family again to see his family, maybe. We're not told that's a specific reason, but it would seem likely that that was the reason he was there. And he comes to Nazareth, and what they see is a, is a changed man. In Luke's account of this, Luke is very specific about it, and he Luke says this, he says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. His ministry had started and now he was, uh, as it were, exposing the heavenward part of him, exposing his divinity, exposing who he was, the Son of God. And the ministry had started and all around Capernaum and the Sea of Galilee, many, many people uh, had been healed Many, many people had heard him with faith. Many, many people were responding to him. Great things were being done. Huge crowds were following him. And then he comes to his hometown, and it's the synagogue and the normal synagogue service, and they just look at him with wonder. Not an awesome wonder, but a questioning wonder. Who is this he comes there in the power of the spirit he's a different person as it were to the one they knew growing up although he was always divine his humanity maybe was uh, clear to them through his upbringing and into his job he was a carpenter and now he comes back but he's different he's different the holy spirit has anointed him for ministry now comes a new Jesus, one in the power of God being exposed to them. They're seeing the divinity of Jesus. They are giving, being given the option of seeing him as the son of God and putting their faith and trust in him as the Messiah, the saviour. 
but they don't. And we see that as they, their instant response is to label him. We know him. We know him. We know who his brother, brothers are, aren't they here? We know his mother, isn't she here? We know that we know him. He's this is his social milieu. This is his social place. This is how how dare he step outside these these confines that we have put for him and placed around him. This is who he is. Isn't he the carpenter? Didn't he do Mrs. Jones's roof just a couple of years ago? Didn't he handle that new table for Mrs. Brown? And Mr. Brown asked for more chairs. So we know him. We know who he is and we know his limits and we know his limitations. We know who he is. He's not the plumber, he's not the electrician, he's not the politician, he's the carpenter. We know who he is. But they don't. They don't know who he is. They don't realise that this change is significant. They don't realise how significant this change is. You know, later on, we're told in the Bible that uh, there were conversions amongst his brothers and sisters, presumably. Uh, but we certainly know that James, his brother, for instance, became a major figure in the early Christian church. But right now, in his hometown, amongst his family, he's not received with any sense of awe that other people were receiving him. They've labelled him. And his response, his response that we see is twofold. His first response, his first response is to say that we have, a prophet has no honour amongst those who are very close to him, amongst those who know him. He has no honour amongst those who should be the first to acknowledge change. No honour amongst those who should be the first to see who he really is. But rather others are the ones who make that call, who make that judgment. And so he says to them, guys, this is so sad that you don't see who I am in reality. This is so sad. And his second response is to wonder at their unbelief. Why? Why don't you believe? Your unbelief is stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit's ministry in my life towards you. You are missing out on blessing. You are missing out on what could happen here in Nazareth. So many villages and towns around here had already seen huge change. Many, many people. You just imagine, you know, supposing it was COVID time in those towns. Just imagine the change that they would see in their community, in their social life, as people who were sick were healed. People who had no hope, given hope. People who lived in misery, given joy and rejoicing, but not in Nazareth. Not in Nazareth except, it says, a few. He managed 
to find a few with faith. What a sad story this is. Uh, what an incredible lesson we can learn from it, though, because we too have a tendency to label people, don't we? All of us tend to do it. We tend to look at people with historic glasses on. We look at, the, look at them through the lens of our experience of them in the past. Just like these people of Nazareth looked at Jesus through the lens of who they knew him to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Now he's changed. And we can look at others. We can look at other Christians. We can look at friends around us and we can say to ourselves, mm, they're always like that. Or they, they'll never change. Or, oh, I don't expect anything of them. I don't expect them to minister God to me. I'm, I'm not open to receiving their spiritual gifts because of who I used to know them to be. Will we release people from such labels? Will we have faith in the ability of the Holy Spirit to change people? Will we draw on one another's gifts and find God through them? Will we see what God can do in a life? Well, you want it for yourself, don't you? You want it to be so for yourself, that others don't label you, that others give you room to change, that others give you opportunity to minister that others give you opportunity to be who God's called you to be. That's what we want. And if we don't do it, if we label, the problem is that we begin to lose the ability to recognise the work of the Holy Spirit in others. We become cynical, just like the cynics of Nazareth. And we don't get blessed in the way that we could be blessed, just like the cynics of Nazareth. We don't build a relationship with others that is open and takes us forward, just like the cynics of Nazareth. And so we fail as they fail to receive the blessing of God in this situation. So I want to encourage you this morning. I want to say to you, this is not inevitable. I want to say to you that just as your own life is changed, and just as you want it to change, just as you want to see the Spirit of God working in your life and giving you a new life, so we should look at others in the same way and see them as all the potential in them is exposed by the Spirit, as all that we hope for ourselves, we can hope for others. Let's be a church full of people encouraging one another, full of people looking to what could be, not what was. See, for people in Nazareth, that was their problem. Here was the Messiah. Here was the one who would bring joy and salvation. Here's, here's the one who will change their lives forever if they'll only open their eyes to who he really is. Now, of course, in our church, we try 
most of us surely in our hearts want a church full of people living their new lives with joy and hope and expectation. Let's be such a church. But if you've felt as I've been talking that, yeah, I've done that. I've labelled people. I've not been as responsive to them as I should have been. I want to give you the opportunity now to just pray, acknowledge it before God, acknowledge that it's been something that's hurt you in the lack of blessing that you've received through others' ministry because of your attitude to them. Please, in these next few minutes now, let's come before God and repent, yes, and look for a better future for ourselves and for others around us so that together we can be who God's called us to be as a church. So let's pray. I'm just going to give a moment or two silence. Maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you such that you can even name someone in your mind, in your thinking now. Release them from the box you've put them in. So, Lord, we thank you that you're so ready to forgive. And even now, as we just put our lives before you, Lord, you are ready to pick us up and take us forward and shower us with blessing and shower us with joy and shower us with a future hope. And that, Lord, you will bring change in all of us because you are so good and your thoughts towards us are always so good. So look, Lord, we thank you for the grace now that enables us to lift our heads and look to the future, not the past. Thank you, Lord. Your grace has covered every sin. Your grace has covered us because of the blood of Jesus and the love of God. So, Lord, we thank you. Amen. Amen. So I hope that uh, you've found that helpful. I pray that your life will be different every day. <laughs>